It's time to find balance and be refreshed here on Every Heart, Every Woman. Every Heart, Every Woman. Get ready for uplifting music and inspiring interviews. Every Heart, Every Woman. Let's get motivated to move forward as we share our life experiences. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. Before we jump into our interview, we're going to set the tone like we always do with some great music. This is In the Garden. It is performed by a group that I'm a member of called For Change. Sit back and enjoy.
Welcome back to the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host. Our show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Go to loveministriesbills.org. You can find out all of the great information about Love Ministries. You can also go over to my website, carlanivens.com. Carla is spelled with a K. Nivens is N-I-V-E-N-S. Well, I'm excited to jump into our interview for today. We have another um, wonderful and beautiful person to have a great conversation with. We are welcoming for the first time Camille Moore. She's coming to us from North Carolina. She is a believer, a wife, a mother, a daughter, encourager, a friend, an author, a corporate manager, hairstylist, and business owner. You name it, she has not been afraid to try it. She lives her life with no regrets. She holds a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology and a Master's in Marriage and Family Therapy. Camille, thank you so much for being here and welcome for the first time to the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Um, Well, I want to jump right into it because the first thing that really... Um, grabbed me when I was looking at all of the wonderful and beautiful things that you do is your website. Uh, The colors really um, are vibrant and wonderful. It shows a lot of personality. I really enjoyed looking through your website. I just loved it all. But this quote that was on your website really stuck with me. It is dream big, live life, love hard, inspire others, laugh loud, but most importantly, have no regrets. What's the inspiration behind this quote? I think it's just living life. I I think that's really, truly how we should live life. Um, Of course, you want to have caution, like not just do any and everything, you know, that could possibly end up detrimental, but sometimes we're afraid to step out and do certain things because we don't know what the consequences are, which is really what fear is. But, you know, if you have a dream and you want to pursue that dream, you want to chase that dream, you feel like the Lord has put that in your heart. You just kind of have to, you know, go out there and pursue it no matter what anybody else says or what they think. Because when you grow into the person that you are as an adult and then into your more seasoned years, you don't want to look back and have regrets. I mean, I would rather do it and fail and fail forward. And maybe know, okay, maybe that wasn't God. Maybe I wasn't supposed to do that. But at least I tried it. And now I know. So I'm not going to look back and be like, I I never know what what could have happened if if I just did. Mm -hmm. So, and I think when we love, whether it's romantically, our children, our parents, our friends, that you really have to love unconditionally. And you have to be able to be vulnerable to really and truly be able to love someone um, wholeheartedly. I, I think that it's not not worth loving if you can't love vulnerably. And so that's why I, I just kind of feel like love hard, you know, like go all in. Don't be so reserved. Hmm. Some people, I think that's very interesting when you say love hard. I um, That kind of sticks out to me. But some people are really, they feel like because what they've been through in their past, that is really difficult to love hard, to actually be open um, to anyone. And I, I get the sense that when you say love hard, really you're meaning in a various 
um, you know, different kinds of relationships, not just a romantic relationship. So how in particularly, how do you encourage people to love hard who are thinking, I don't know if it's worth the risk because of what I've been through before? Well, I mean, like you said, that is really such a true statement just because we experience life every day. We experience it differently. We all come from very different backgrounds and our experiences, you know, develop us and design us and make us into these, you know, humans that we actually become. And when we are hurt, whether it's by a parent, a sibling, a teacher, uh, a romantic relationship, that's where we start to put up walls, put up guards. And so, you know, it's it's it can be very a very different answer because when you are a believer, then your hope, your faith, your trust, it's in the Lord, it's in the word. And so you are trying to pattern and live and design your life after the things that are in the word of God and and who God is himself. And so then you have to get to the place where you're saying, I know I've been hurt, but I know what the word says that God has for me. So I have to get to the place where I'm not looking at the human, I'm looking at God. And if this is a relationship that he is setting up and he is telling me to be a part of, then I know in the end, if I'm being obedient, it's going to work out for my good because I'm he's I'm his child. He's not going to put me in a situation and I may put myself there, but he's not going to put me in a situation that is not eventually going to turn out for my good. Now, when you're thinking about um, hurt and experiences from a non-believer, non-believers or someone who's not, you know, like really pursuing and chasing God, you know, they may believe, be, you know, believe in God, then you have to kind of help them overcome the experiences and even sometimes understand the role that they played in the hurts and the experiences themselves so they can make better decisions about the types of relationships they have. And it's going to vary. You can do that with a romantic partner. Sometimes it's harder, say, if you have a strained relationship with a parent and that parent just was really not a good parent to you growing up. And so now you're like, this parent may come back and want to, you know, try to be a good father or mother. You're like, please, like, where were you when I really, you know, needed you? But even in that situation, you can overcome it if you're willing to live by the philosophy of we are all human. Everybody makes mistakes. We are all, um, we should all have the opportunity to be forgiven because we all do things, whether we know it or we don't know it, that may hurt somebody else. So when that person comes back and they try to reconnect, give them the opportunity to show that they're sincere. Don't just go all in like, okay, yeah, yeah, you want to come back? We good, mom. You know, give them the opportunity though to prove themselves and then you establish the trust and then you can start to build a good and honest relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So Camille, you are an author. Um, you have, and again, your artwork is beautiful um, on these books. I, I probably need to connect with you to see who's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who's doing the work for you because they're doing an amazing job. You have three books. Um, what was I thinking? How we became life, and then life with purpose on purpose journal. Um, can you tell us a little about each of your books? Uh, okay. Um, okay. I know so, that's a loaded question. Right. I was like, uh <laughs> <laughs> the first book was what was I thinking? 
And mm-hmm. I actually wrote that like several years ago. Um, I was in my early 30s when I wrote that book. And I had always said, oh, I'm, a, I'm really going to write a book. I want to write a book. And during that time, we had just had a major move. And so I was a stay-at-home mom. Um, and I was like, you know, I really do have time now. I can really write this book. Like if I focus and do it. And I think I came from a place of just like me and my girlfriends, like, you know, in your 20s, when you are still like kind of straddling that fence. Well, I don't know about you, but me and my girlfriends, we were still like kind of straddling the fence of, you know, I really want to walk with the Lord, but like it's so fun in the world. (laughs) And so this character, Anya, that is one of her biggest struggles. It's like she has like really, you know, she's gone to school. She's, you know, done all the things, checked all the boxes. And now she's in a place where she really wants to, you know, pursue a romantic relationship. She wants to get married, you know, have kids and, you know, do all those kinds of things. But at the same time, she's like kind of going about it the wrong way. And then she's trying to like pursue this relationship with the Lord, but mm, I'm still going to pursue this relationship with the man too. And I'm not going to really do it God's way. I'm going to do it my way. And so it's just really a good kind of funny story with a, a few serious, um, I guess, ideas in there that we as young women really do face. Like it's it's really relatable. And when I wrote it, it was really, you know, focused for younger women. But it was crazy because I had women of all ages give me feedback on this book because you know, even like at my age now, I look back and I'm like, okay, so I can remember my experiences at that age. And they were the same way. They were like, girl, you hit the nail right on the head with that book because some of us were, you know, a little wild in our twenties, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think that that's really what that book kind of encapsulates. It's just really that, that journey of your late twenties, early thirties and trying to get it right. Mm -hmm. Um, then, um, so I, I wrote, I was really writing another book, right? And I was maybe a little over halfway in and I just, I wasn't feeling it. I just couldn't, I couldn't get any more out of it. And so I stopped writing for a couple of years. And then I had this thought one day um, about the book that eventually became how we became, but it was, it was initially titled uh, A Secret Between Sisters. Mm. But the more I wrote, 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 and then I really got to the end, um, when I sent it to the editor, it still didn't have a title yet. And then when it came back and I was still like, okay, I need a title. Come on. How it became, it really came to me because that is the story of three sisters. And what I wanted to show in that book, it's a lot more mature than my first book. Okay. But in that book, what I wanted to show was that you can have children who grow, grow up in the very same home, same parents, same schools, you know, same community, but they turn out so very differently even though they're having a lot of the same experiences, each person takes that experience that experience, and they process it differently. Mm-hmm. And so these three sisters, they end up having to come back home to their childhood home where they had experienced a lot of trauma growing up. And so that story is the story of how each one of them experienced trauma and how it led to the women that they became. But in the book, I also wanted to connect like the different people in their lives because we're not like these solo beings. Everybody that we, you know, connect with, they play a part in how we experience life and in, in how our personalities come to be. And so that was just like kind of my thought behind the title, how we became. Mm-hmm. 
And then, like, I feel like I'm just talking. Um, no, 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 no. You're doing good. This is all good. Uh, so then the, the journal is actually very, very new. Okay. I do a workshop, and that's actually the name of the workshop. I created okay. this workshop last year, and it's called Life with Purpose on Purpose. And it's a four-week workshop. And one of the things that I talk to the women in the um, workshop about is journaling. Um, I think it's such a healthy release. And it's a place where you can be honest about who you are. I mean, because nobody else is going to, well, hopefully nobody else is going to read your journal. And many times, even if we're like talking to ourselves in our head, we're not always honest with ourselves. But when you have that opportunity to kind of write out your feelings, like why you're in that moment, the, the honesty of your experiences and your anger or your love or whatever you have, that honesty is what's coming out um, in that journal. And a lot of times when you get to see it, it, it resonates with you in a way that you can actually say, there are some things I want to change or there are some things I need to be more grateful for. And I love journaling because you can, you have something tangible that as you grow, you can look back like a year from now, you can look back and be like, oh my gosh, this time last year, I was blah, 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 blah. Oh, but look where I am today or look what I have or look what I've been healed from. And so I talked to them, the first workshop I did, I talked to them so much about journaling. I was like, you know what, I'm going, you know, write a journal so that it can be a gift, you know, to all the women who, you know, sign up to take the workshop. Well, then people were like, well, can I buy one like for my friend? Can I, can I get another one? And I was like, well, no, because I only do them for the, you know, for the class. And so eventually that caused me to put it on Amazon because more people wanted it. And so that's really the story of the journal. And I call it more than just the journal because it has scriptures in it, of course. And it has like quotes from like, you know, famous people, what famous mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has like um, little checklists in there and it has um, a little to-do list. And, you know, just kind of like, say, for instance, if you have a goal that you set for the week and these things that you want to do, and at the end of the week it comes, you don't get them all done. You know, it tells you there, it's like, it's okay tonight. It's, it's okay to not get it done. And it right. teaches you how to set realistic expectations mm-hmm. so that you can accomplish what you want to accomplish. So mm-hmm. it's a journal, but it's a little more than just a journal. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And man, I have thousands of journals. I just went back probably two weeks ago because I have a big change coming up in my life. And I went back to my 2016 journal opened it back up and read all the way through. And I was just, oh, wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I was thanking and praising God from, you know, where I was and what I was saying in 2016 to where I am now, um, you know, in 2021. So I, I love that. I, I hope everybody gets your journal and, and, you know, gets consistent with, with mm, journaling yeah. every day when, with your walk um, with the Lord. It, it really does help. I want to ask you, though, about your first uh, two books. What um, did so you wrote those those stories and I can really see and feel how they would um, really help a woman through through life. Um, I'm I'm a believer that I work in a church. So Mm -hmm. I think your time at church is um, imperative. And I think don't miss that. But during the week, there are some tools that you really need 
to help bring the word back to your remembrance so that it can, you know, help you stay in the in the mind set that you need to, to be focused, to be able to get where you're going, to really achieve that success. So I think that there's, you know, both of those are needed, plus time with friends and, you know, that kind of thing to stay encouraged. What, what kind of inspiration um, did you get these stories mostly from your life and your experiences? Um, or were, is there a mix of, you know, I got some of the stuff from my life and some of the some of the things just came to me and, and I brought it together um, in these two books. How did how, where did you get the inspiration from? You know what? People ask me that a lot. Right. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really a hard question to answer. And the reason I say that is because for really my whole life, I mean, I love women. I just want to see us be whole, be healthy, do well, you know, not just financially, but emotionally, mentally. And mm-hmm. so I've always mentored, even when I was in my twenties, I had young women that I mentored mm-hmm. and I've always had a mentor or two or three. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've always found that to be so valuable. Um, so even before I came a, became a hairstylist, women's like issues or things that we experience have always rested with me. It's never like, oh, I can have a conversation with somebody or hear their story and it not affect me. Mm-hmm. Whether it was good or bad, they just always affected me and kind of stayed with me. And then when I became a hairstylist, you know, I, that's kind of why I went to school for psychology. Because I went to school later in life. I didn't go right out of high school. But, you know, I was really a um, psychiatrist. I was a behind the chair psychiatrist. That's what is <laughs> when I was a hairstylist. Because, you know, you tell your hairstylist everything. everything. And the women, they be, they become like family, you know, and they, are, they share very intimate details of their life. And so a lot of times when I think about writing, I think about, you know, how would this affect a real woman? Like, Day to day, not not these fiction. Nothing's wrong with with like real fiction, mm-hmm. but I'm saying like for someone to really be able to relate when they're reading it and say, "God, I know exactly what that feels like." Mm-hmm. You know, not this far off across the lake love and things like that, but like real relationships. And then, how does this person, this character in the book, how do they handle this situation? Because maybe the way that you read them handle it and give you some insight, or maybe looking at their experience may make you say, oh, I don't want to do that. And so I think when I'm, when I'm writing, I'm always thinking about when, if a woman is reading this, what can they get from it? Not mm-hmm. like I'm a teacher, but like, what, what can they, they take that they can pour into their own life in order to be affected by it and it not just be a good read? Right, 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 right. Okay, so these these stories really come from real, real, real life. Like they they and the inspiration comes from different people and different sources and different stories um, that you've um, heard or, or different situations that you've talked people through. Um, and then maybe some from your own life as well. All right. all in one. But they come from a real place. Yeah, they come from very real places, even though it's not like this person's story or that person's story, but just like a series of people's lives that, you know, even some may be a little little exaggerated, but then it's Mm -hmm. based on like something that really could have happened to somebody. Even if it didn't happen to me, it it happened to somebody. I know it did. 
you know? Right, 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 right. right. I love that. And that's, that's how it is with, with us girls when we're, you know, at the hairstylist, you know, we, we're, we're sharing and we're growing together. I love that. So it's time for us to take a break, Camille. We'll be right back in just a minute. Every Heart, Every Woman, the show where women find balance, peace, and inspiration. Now let's get back to the show with your host, Carla Nivens. Welcome back to the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host. Our show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can find out all of the great information about Love Ministries as you go to their website. Go to loveministriesbuilds.org. Also, head over to my website, carlanivens.com. Carla is spelled with a K and Nivens is N-I-V-E-N-S. Well, I am loving the conversation that we are having with Mrs. Camille Moore. She's coming to us from North Carolina. She is a believer, a wife, a mother, a daughter, an encourager. I can tell that from our conversation. A friend, an author, a corporate manager, a hairstylist, and business owner. You name it, she has not been afraid to try it. She lives with no regrets. She holds a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology and a Master's in Marriage and Family Therapy. Camille, thank you so much for being here. We are, um, I'm having a good time with with our conversation today. I wanted to kind of jump back into um, where we were talking about um, new projects. Right now, you have three books, What Was I Thinking, How We Became, and then Life with Purpose on Purpose Journal. When you start a new project, and this this question may be really just for me, but hopefully somebody else is there listening, (laughs) they'll get a good answer for them too. But when you start a new project, how do you decide what direction you're going to take with the project? Mm. Let me tell you, I was doing, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Brown Brown Girls who, Who Write. She had me on not long ago. And she asked me the same question, right? Okay. Now, if you're familiar with her, she's based out of Los Angeles and she also does writing workshops. Okay. Well, she asked me that and I was like, you know, I really don't have like this, you know, formal way, you know, that I tackle a project. You know, I was just like, well, you know, a thought comes to me. I don't make an outline. Because I really don't. And that's one thing I do admire, like about um, Toni Morrison. Like if you've ever watched her documentary, she talks about how she really outlines and, you know, develops her character before she starts actually putting the book together. And I don't do that. I have an idea. And I start writing. And that's and it just comes to me as I write. Mm -hmm. So I may write like some people say, oh, I write every day. I don't write every day. I may write for three weeks straight and I don't, I don't know where I'm going to go from there. So I may not write for four months. And then I'll say, oh my gosh, this is what I want her to do. Or this is what I want to happen. I can see that happening with her character. 
And that is my formula. And that works for me. Mm-hmm. It, everybody's formula is different. And that's what I was explaining to her um, on her show is that everybody has to have the freedom to find where their flow is. Because mm-hmm. you may give me these steps eight, one through eight, but they may not work for me. Mm-hmm. And I may tell you, no, girl, just, just let it right off the top of your head. You're like, what? I can't do that because I, I need a formula. So for me, it's just where I am at that stage of my life, I think, and how much time I have to devote to writing and what I have going on in my heart. Because like I said, I really write for women. And so I really like to see my characters kind of develop in a real way. Like this could actually really happen in real life. Right. That's my formula. There's no formula. Yeah. I like that. Okay. That's really good. I feel like that gives people permission, especially people like me that have 2000 thoughts, you know, per day and all these creative ideas um, that gives you permission to write a little bit on one project. And if you feel like you get, you know, hit a wall on that, put that down for a while and write again on a, on another project, you know, um, and, and let it develop where it's going to develop. Trust God with the timing. Um, I have learned that. I don't know from my first project was a CD and I had a date in mind and we had the budget and all we blew right past that date. And I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, people aren't going to know where the, pro- you know, where the project is, when it's going to come out. But it came out and the people were still there. You know, I just kind of kept them informed. So you kind of learn that in this business that you can set a timeline, you can set a date, um, even if you are the person with structure. What if you get through your structure and you don't like where it ends. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. And that's kind of why I scrapped that second book that I was telling you about when I was like halfway in. And yeah. I was like, you done did all that work. And I was like, yeah, but I'm just not feeling it. It's not. Mm-hmm. And I said, maybe like you said, timing, maybe I will pick it up later, but maybe mm-hmm. that wasn't the season for that particular work. Right. So, right. and you have to be okay with that. Yeah. And you know who I learned that from, who, Talk to us about that from the beginning. This is probably back in 1999, 2000. We were having these conversations um, with Kirk Franklin. When I was mm-hmm. traveling and singing with him, he brought out a song and he said, you know, I think you all, this group is going to be able to handle this song and record this song. I'm trying to think they didn't make it on the CD. It may not have. But he said, I have taught this song over the years to about five groups. and it just hasn't jail. It hasn't come. Mm-hmm. So, and it was a great song. And he was like, it's not the song is that I have to wait for the timing. And so then he taught us this whole um, Bible study about, you know, timing. You, you have this thought and you followed it through and followed it as far as you can. And you know, that it's God breathed is from the Lord, but don't hold yourself. So to this, you know, this certain timing that you put something out in the wrong season. Maybe the Lord gave you this thought for 10 years from now. That's okay. You know, put, exactly. put it out 10 years from now. That's, that's, that's not a problem. Yeah. I love, I love that. I love, I love giving the people um, the, the freedom to just f- follow the timing. Let's talk more. Yes. Yes. Let's talk more Camille about your workshop life with purpose on purpose. And you also have the journal that you, Talked to us about in the first segment, and you said in this journal that people really enjoyed it. So you made sure that it was available, 
you know, for everyone. What are what do you do with the women in in the life with purpose on purpose? By the way, I love the title. You know, I I oh, love that you. title. Um, I I think that grabs people and uh, pulls people in, and probably people will say, "Yeah, I want to I want to live my life with purpose on purpose." So, what are the elements of your workshop? So when. When I created the, this is so funny. When I created the workshop, I was actually creating a writer's workshop. Okay. And God was like, I ain't in that. <laughs> ain't nobody <laughs> tell you to do that. Because <laughs> people kept asking me, can you walk me through the publishing process? Can, can you hook me up with an editor? So I was like, well, I'm just going to do a workshop that will help people who want to, you know, get their work published. I was like, and so you know, I, I didn't think any more about it. And, and I, you know, like I, I talk to and I deal with and I work with just a lot, just women. I just do. I always have. And I'm always kind of like ministering, not in a formal way, but just like one on one or sometimes in group. And I, and I hold Bible studies, you know, at my home. And so when COVID started, we, we weren't having any more Bible studies at my house. And so but we would still like kind of connect, you know, text, things like that. and. So um, last summer, you know, after my first idea got shot down by God, I was like, what could I do? Like, maybe I can do host a Zoom group and we could still kind of get together. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know. It had to be the Lord because I don't really know how it even like all came together. Mm -hmm. I, I really don't to this day. But I said, you know, like I want to, you know, do a workshop. I want it to be maybe four or five, six weeks. But I don't want it to be so long that people feel like, oh, it's too much. I can't commit. But I don't want it to be so short that you don't feel like you're going to get anything from it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want it to be like a one day workshop where you are, you know, locked in for these seven, eight hours and you don't get a breather. I think sometimes when that happens, you take all these little mini workshops and you it's hard to retain it because it's so much information. And so I said, OK, I started with the format. You know, I know that I want to help women who are hurting, but I don't like the word broken. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I just don't like to hear when people say, oh, you are so broken. Women are so broken. It, to me, we're not broken. We experience life and that life causes us to make certain decisions. And sometimes those decisions are not good for us, but we can still grow from them. And sometimes those decisions put us in a cycle that it's so hard for us to get out of. Mm -hmm. So in this workshop, um, what we do is we are able to identify past hurts because a lot of times we have hurts that we don't even know are there, but we have these, we have these um, outward behaviors and we don't even know why we're behaving that way. But it usually is because we have a hurt that's buried down so deep. We, we don't even acknowledge it because we don't know to acknowledge it. So first what it does is it gives you permission to understand yourself and what may have hurt you in the past. And it, and it gives you like, we walk through a series of different characteristics to help you identify. So like if some of these characteristics, you got like seven of them, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> chances are, yes, you're hurting. You know, so it gives them the opportunity to be able to be in a safe place. One thing I do, I do the workshops live. So it's never like this thing where you're logging on with like a hundred other people because mm -hmm. I, I really want women to be seen. I want them to feel heard and mm -hmm. I want them to be in a small enough group where they feel safe. Mm -hmm. So the workshops are limited to 10 people. I, no exceptions, only 10 women per group. 
because I want women to be able to, if you have a question, if you need to share, if you need some support, that we have the time because the workshops run 90 minutes um, once a week, four weeks. Mm -hmm. So if they're too big, you get lost. You just really get lost and you never really get what you actually came for, but you paid your money. And you're like, mm -hmm. okay, I think, I think I got help. And so we are able to, I give them assignments every week that they have to complete. And we kind of share and talk about those assignments the following, um, the following week. And, you know, we just, we just work through, we work through um, two to three hertz. So at the beginning, you identify, you do a questionnaire, you know, so we can start identifying some of these hertz. And some women, like the last session we did, uh, one woman, she had two. She didn't have a third one. And that's okay. You don't have to have three, but it's allotted time for you to have up to three that we can deal with in this particular session. Um, and so that's really what it, that's really what it is. It's a safe space for women to identify hurts, overcome those hurts and get off like this hamster wheel of, of poor decisions and cycling of, I want to be different, but I don't know how to be different. And so mm -hmm. I can equip you with some of the tools to help you get to where you want to be, to help you understand what you were designed to be um, in the image of God. And, and there are women who take the workshop who are not believers, but the same principles still apply. I mean, you're still a woman. I still want to see you be your best. And hopefully, you know, even during this workshop, this experience, you will want to come to know Christ as well. You know, so that's really what it is. And I mean, like I said, to start it from, I don't, I don't even know, from being a writing workshop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. Now, that's totally different than, you know, what what I thought. Well, I mean, what I honestly love about that is a lot of times the workshops start from, like you say, writing, but if you haven't had that, you know, <laughs> haven't gone down into yourself and really had this time of self-reflection and really thought through your hurts, your pains, your successes, your weaknesses, your strengths, how you could just kind of start from, you know, from the top, from doing, you know, starting a project. And really, we have learned, especially on the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show, we've learned we've had women after woman after woman to come here and tell us the success of their projects came from their lived experiences. Mm -hmm. Nobody can take from you the, um, the pain and the struggles and getting over those struggles you know, and when you put those into, when you take all of that and you put that into your project, it really makes it dynamic and fantastic. And a project that stands out from someone else's because nobody's, you know, no two stories are really, really, really alike. So, um, yeah, I like that. I, I like that the Lord, you know, really directed you in, in that kind of in that direction. I think that that's really helpful. Um, to women, to get them to where they want to be with, with their successes. Yeah, totally. Because a lot of times we, you know, when we are hurting, we're still living. Mm -hmm. Like some people, you you can see their hurt, you know, mm -hmm. it's very obvious. But some people like you are, you know, just going through life and you're checking all the boxes like, okay, finish school, check, got a job, check, got a husband, right. check, believer, check, mom, check. And so you're still going through all the motions. And you can still be hurting so much inside, but you're, but people perceive you from the outside as having it all together just because you're checking the boxes. Right. You know, so this workshop gives you permission to say, 
Yes, I may have success in all these areas, but in this area over here, I know I need to do some work. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Mm-hmm. It's nothing wrong with saying I need to do some work and being able to get the help to do the work you need. Right. Right. Yeah. That's 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 great. Again, you're giving us permission um, that we really do need. I want to talk about your blog on your website. First of all, give us the um, what what is your website that so everybody can head there? Oh, it's uh, Camille N. You gotta put the N in. Camille okay. N more.com. Um, the reason I put my middle initial in because there's an, another young lady, well, a woman, her website is CamilleMoore.com and she sells window treating, window, window treatment. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay. So CamilleInMore.com. So you have some great blogs on your website. I mean, you, you really are an amazing writer. Um, and so there was one that I read through. I read through several. The day he loved me more than heroin, mm-hmm. which I thought, man, great title. Okay, number one. So um, you you have a you know a, a very bold message for parents, and your words really hit home. I, I believe. What's the story behind this blog post and? What have you learned about meeting the needs of children? That's, I mean, that's so funny. Like, I, I do blog. I used to blog a lot. If you mm-hmm. notice the dates, I used yes. to blog. Yeah, a lot. I looked at that. <laughs> I said, she slowed down. <laughs> Some of those are from my old website, and we just brought okay. them over. Um, but I, I blog periodically. Um, that particular one I did just like a couple months ago, and when I wrote it, I let my husband read, it, and he was like. I don't know if you should put that on there because you put your dad on blast. And I was like, no, really, I'm not, because this is my experience. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm talking about my relationship with my dad, and it's funny, my dad is here visiting this weekend from Chicago. He got here okay. last night. Oh, <laughs> um, so um, it, but it's my experience. I'm mm-hmm. talking about my truth. Mm-hmm. Now, how it affects my dad, that's his experience, but I can't let his experience um nullify mine. Mm-hmm. Or dim my voice, and so I should have re—I should have re-read that, you know, but I didn't. But um, really, what I was trying to get across, because my father, so my father was a heroin addict. Um, from the time I, I don't know, I was maybe like two, and he got—he's been clean though since I since I've been sixteen. Him and my dad mm-hmm. have a great relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes back to another thing, it's like being able to forgive. Like, I mean, gosh, because none of us are perfect. None mm-hmm. of us. And I would be missing out on so much if I wasn't able to forgive my dad, mm-hmm. you know, and he's such a great grandfather to my kid. I mean, he's just awesome. But when I was little, my dad, I mean, he was just a mess, girl. He was just a mess. But, and he would like make these promises. Of course, he was a heroin addict, so most of me to keep. But when he would show up, like he would like just be extravagant, you know, but and and my point is that not it wasn't the things it was just the time with my dad like whether he was high or not you know because when you're younger you don't really know what that means that oh he showed up to your graduation high because my eighth grade graduation my mother was so mad because my dad showed up high but to me I'm just like because I sung a little solo and everything girl I was like I'm staying I'll sing my little solo and (laughs) and when I saw him like standing in the back and he had his his, um camera around his neck and everything and I was just so elated that my dad showed up to my graduation right Mm -hmm. because he was so in and out you know 
And my mom was just so mad that he was high. And I'm like, in my head, like, okay, so we high. But I didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the, the real point is that just be there. Like, even if you are struggling with things, even if you don't even know how to be a parent, just show up for your kids because I promise you that is all they want. Because if you even notice, children who, who have parents that who are abusive, you understand how they still love and protect and cling to their parents. Their parents be so dysfunctional and just so wrong on so many different levels. And if that child still wants to be around that parent, how much more does a child want to, to see their parents support them and love on them when they're not as dysfunctional? And so I think for me, that was just like kind of a freeing, you know, writing for me, like, Yes, like the days that my dad chose to show up for me as opposed to going to get high on heroin, that was a win. Every mm-hmm. time my dad showed up and chose me over heroin, that was a win. Yeah. That was a win. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. You know, I, and I want to ask you this question. This is off script. I didn't even plan to ask you this. <laughs> you, because you have these amazing titles. Like, I can't wait till everyone goes to CamilleNMore.com and gets to see how you have everything laid out and these amazing titles and these stories behind what you write and the reasoning behind what you write. I kind of get the sense that you aren't the kind of person that's trying to, that's trying to, um, you know, create this fabulous, you know, like even that title, The Day He Loved Me More Than Heroin. You're not trying to create this fabulous, you know, gotcha title, but I feel like it kind of flows naturally from you, you know, like your creative side and your creative brain just kind of says the day he loves me more than heroin. Cause that is the essence of the story. That's my truth. Like that. Yeah. Honest. And that's one thing my mom has always like kind of fussed at me about growing up because even when I was younger, I always just said whatever came to my mind. And I, ha- I have had to give that over to the Lord so that he can teach me that you don't always have to say what comes to your mind. Because sometimes just because you, you think it don't mean you have to say it. Mm-hmm. But so when I but when I'm writing and things like that, though, I don't hold back. Yeah. It's just this is who I am. I mean, mm-hmm. this is what it is. And, you know, like you said, for me, my writing it is, I mean, of course, I want to sell a million copies and be able to pay all my bills, buy books. That would be great. But for me, my life is really about women being whole. And whatever I can put out here that can help a woman get to the next level in their life, even if it is through a fictional book or mm-hmm. through a journal or through a workshop, then I know that I'm walking in my purpose. So for me, it's it's not about like becoming a so-called best-selling author or anything like that. It's really about the lives you affect along the way, because at the end of the day, when we leave, like any seeds that I sold down here that didn't benefit the kingdom, it's not going to matter. It's really not going to matter in the end. So for me, that's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Camille, I know that we really are winding down. We probably have like a minute left, but (laughs) can you talk to us really quickly about failing forward? Oh, oh, yeah, that's easy. Just fail forward. <laughs> do it. Just fail forward. If you fail, don't wallow in it. Like, give yourself a minute, reassess, try to figure out what went wrong, or if it's even something you should be doing, 
pick yourself up and keep it moving because that is life. We are all going to fail. We are not going to achieve every single thing at the optimum that we want to. And that is okay. We're not designed to be perfect. We're not superheroes. You know, so it's like if you mess up, brush yourself off, figure out what you did wrong and regroup and let's go. Yeah, I love that. Well, that's you know what? That's a perfect word to to end on. I love that. Um, So everyone head to CamilleInMore.com. And Camille, thank you so much for being here. We've we've just enjoyed this conversation so very much. Everyone, I'm Carla Nivens. Have a great week. We'll see you back here next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.